Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson from SaveWithConrad.com. Heads up, homeowners, all of a sudden your house is worth more than ever these last few years. But what are we going to do with that newfound equity? No, I'm not suggesting you sell your house or go buy something else. But didn't we all make this decision when we bought a house where we said, hey, someday we'd like to, and one day it would be nice if, maybe it's the dream kitchen, maybe it's an in-ground pool, maybe it's a man cave. But you've got this newfound equity, and I think we should use some of that equity to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket. But even better than that, we're routinely helping folks do this, and they wind up with a cheaper monthly payment. So if you got the dream house you always wanted, with no money out of pocket, and your payments went down, how easy is that? Find out how easy it is to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. We can't wait to hear about your projects. Tell us what your dream is. We're going to help you make it happen at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Grilling JR with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. Jim, how are you, man? I'm good, Connie. I hope everybody's well that's watching. We appreciate you joining us. We'll try to entertain you. We're going to talk about Edge today. Conrad's telling me. And I, I got some, I got, I got information on that. So <laughs> I know that kid. You know, I had, I had breakfast with Edge in uh, Salt Lake City the uh, morning of our, of his, uh, debut on PNT and, and, uh, collision. We just had the best visit. It was just like a home, like a reunion or something. It was really unpro wrestling like, cause we were talking more about, we didn't talk about headlocks or hammerlocks or did you see that come back or did you see him sell that? None of that. We just talked about, you know, how, how we met and my, my bond with his mother. Uh, you know, she was a huge Eagles fan and anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Eagles fan. So that was our bond, the Eagles. And, uh, so I, I had a, we had a great breakfast and he's so happy to be back or not be back, be still in the business. Mm -hmm. He has some more left and the schedule at AEW is very friendly for a talent that's 50 and has had multiple injuries, but as healthy as a horse right now, it seems to me like uh, his match with Luch uh, Luchasaurus was uh, very physical on uh, Tuesday night. And, uh, and I thought it was well, well played out. Oh, did a good job. Did you watch that match? Any Conrad? Oh, of course, man. It was a big title Tuesday. I managed to catch a, a little bit of both shows, but man, what a great job AEW dynamite did on a Tuesday. The pre-show, man, I was even pumped for the YouTube, uh, with Eddie Kingston and, uh, Minoru Suzuki and really, really fun show. I thought you guys pulled out all the stops and I'm excited to see the next chapter. Of course, you're going to be jumping on a jet plane here in a couple of days, headed to collision and uh, tickets are on sale now, AEWTIX.com. And, you know, since we're just talking about current events, we should mention boomer sooner your biggest rivalry <laughs> game every year. Yeah. is against the Texas Longhorns. And this year they actually beat my Alabama Crimson Tide. They were highly favored, highly ranked. And, uh, Oklahoma took them to the woodshed early this past Saturday. Congratulations, Con, sir. Yeah. Thank you very much. It was, uh, I got to watch the, uh, we stayed at the Marriott, uh, there in, 
what town were we in? Uh, uh, Salt Lake city. That's right. So, uh, uh, I got to watch the entire game in my room. So I was very time difference. Like it worked in my favor this time. So, uh, it was really cool to be able to do that. Oklahoma played, you know, Texas has got a hell of a team as you will know, uh, beating Alabama in Alabama, uh, this don't happen very often. So they got a good team. Uh, but I think the question would be maybe, maybe is Texas overrated or was Oklahoma underrated going into that game? Uh, I, I was watching, I was sweating it out, man. That uh, Oklahoma throwing that touchdown pass at the very end of the game was amazing because I'm sitting there watching it and thinking, well, here's what's going to happen, Mr. Football Boy. Uh, what's going to happen is uh, Oklahoma's going to kick a field goal and we're going to go to overtime. And I think Texas probably wins in overtime. It's my luck, right. I think. And all of a sudden, man, I'm I'm down. It's I, we're, they're moving the ball like it, it's just nothing. And so I'm thinking now. I'm thinking, oh hell, we may win this son of a bitch. We can score a touchdown because when you got a running quarterback that can run on these run uh, ROPs, run or run or pass plays, uh, like Dylan Gabriel was doing, uh, you know, you're always in the hunt. And so all of a sudden, they throw that little little harmless touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone with nobody, no defender around. So it was a really a fun afternoon and it kind of fired me up for the show that night. Certainly I was in a good mood. That's kind of probably talk to my peers. They'll probably say, well, that's unusual. <laughs> Jay hard to be in a good mood. So anyway, it was fun, man. It was a, it was a fun. Thanks for bringing that up. I, I I'm kind of bringing it up with my OU gear, but like I told you before we went on the air, it was clean. It was handy. So here it is. Well, <laughs> and I bet it was reliable, which is uh, a key factor in your life. And I'm sure in Sexton Hardcastle, that's the name yep. that Adam Copeland was running around on the independence with before he got signed to WWE. And of course we all know the real story. He was best pals growing up with who would become Christian cage. But back then they were just Adam and Jay and, uh, it's pretty fun to think about, you know, their beginnings and now seemingly where they're both going to end their career together. And as I understand yeah. it, Adam grew up, um, you know, not necessarily uh, from a super wealthy family, but he was fortunate enough to be able to win an essay contest to be trained by sweet daddy Siki. What can you tell us? Uh, that's a name that some of our younger listeners might not even be familiar with, uh, what can you tell us about sweet daddy? He's probably the first guy, first African-American man to, uh, bleach his hair. Now somebody's going to correct me on that. And that's cool because I don't know the exact answer, but I do know that, uh, sweet daddy Siki was one of the very, very first that got national and global publicity for being a well-built black man with blonde hair. Think of Butch Reed when he had his blonde hair. Yeah. Something, something like that. So, uh, but he got booked everywhere because unfortunately there's the gay elements in wrestling, the homophobia more specifically and the racism in wrestling, uh, is, has been around forever. 
sad to say been around forever. So he was, uh, booked a lot because the promoters wanted their white baby faces to beat up the very talented and skilled black heel. So the white guy gets a win has a good match with the black heel and off you go. So he got a lot of mileage out of his race and his look. So that's who he was. And he had traveled around everywhere. Uh, and he had a lot of experience on top in many territories. So he learned a lot, all the little nuances that some of those great baby faces that he worked with, uh, could share with him. And then in turn, when he started coaching or teaching, uh, mentoring, whatever you want to say, uh, he became uh, very successful at that because he had an eye for talent and he knew the fundamentals and the short cuts and the tricks of the trade like few others. So that's who Adam had. And he had Ron Hutchinson with him and Ron was a, a local star and a real nice guy. I've, I've met Ron at the cauliflower alley club, uh, many, many years ago for the first time. So he was also a, uh, uh, a talented hand and did a good job, uh, helping coach edge up there. They were, he, and he's from Toronto, uh, Ron. So he, he was around edge a lot. So was sweet daddy, but not as much as Ron Hutchison, as I understand it. We should, uh, we should mention that eventually he gets a debut shot as an enhancement talent. It's a WWF house show in Hamilton, Ontario. He's going to be an enhancement talent for Bob Holly. This is way back. On May 10th, 1996. And I believe Adam Copeland actually gives credit to Carl DeMarco for being the person who was able to help him get in that spot. We don't spend a lot of time talking about Carl DeMarco, but if you're watching on YouTube, you see that he was the president of WWE Canada. And I think Bruce used to call him Bison Head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> talk to me a little bit about Carl DeMarco. We haven't spent any time talking about him here on the show. Well, he was Bret Hart's driver. And, uh, he worked his way into building a relationship essentially with Shane, Shane McMahon. So, uh, and as time progressed, he, he, uh, being the entrepreneurial spirit that he is, uh, you know, Carl found himself opening an office, uh, via WWE in Toronto. And that's where, uh. WWE, WWF, whatever it was, uh, Canada was, uh, headquartered. So Carl was that aggressive, younger corporate lot guy who was very hungry. And, uh, he parlayed his relationship with Shane and uh, into something good for him for a while. So that's who Carl was and Carl, you know, we had WrestleManias in, in the, in Toronto during Carl's run. Uh, we did a lot of good shows there, but you know, he had a lot of media contacts. I used to tell him, I said, you know why you're so successful with, uh, your, uh, this media, the decision makers, once you're asked to get out of their office, they're tired. You got the deal. Now let me up. And so I was of course bullshitting him, but kind of rivet on the square. He, he got it. And he did a nice job. 
He needed a nice shot. For a guy starting out as Bret Hart's driver, when Bret would fly into Toronto, Carl was always there to pick him up. And uh, I don't know if Carl owned a car service or he worked for a car service or something. I'm not sure. But uh, Carl, that's how Carl's connection to WWE came through Bret Hart. And uh, as a lowly driver, those of us riding those cars don't think they're lowly because they help hell out of us. Helps me a lot. So, uh, anyway, that's what Carl's, that's how, that's Carl's background in a nutshell. Well, just to put that in perspective, when he's doing this enhancement, uh, opportunity with Bob Holly, we're just nine days away from the curtain call. And I think at that point, JJ is still heading up talent relations. I don't think he leaves until later that year. Are you no. working in any talent relations capacity at that time or strictly announced duty? Just helping, helping JJ. Yeah, I was helping JJ. Basically, you know, make a phone call. You get a hold of so and so. What do you think about this? You know, do you like this card? You know, I like working with JJ. I still like JJ. He's a he's a hell of a good guy, and I I, I love JJ. But he was always really really fair to me, especially uh, when he had so much on his plate and he was so unhappy. Uh, when Vince cut the pay for most everybody in the talent relations department, he was, didn't, it, it didn't, JJ could handle it. His overhead was more than and he had a special needs child and had a younger wife, he had kids and he, he had a lot of responsibility. So then when the wages got cut, JJ, uh, essentially broke down bolted and so sad how, how his relationship with WWE ended, but he did a hell of a job there. It was, I learned a lot on a, on a lot of things from JJ, a role, things like that, you know, so, but I, I, I had a good time working for JJ. I just broke my heart that he had, that he left under the terms that he left. Well, the process for edge to actually come into the WWF, at least according to his book is when Brent Hart goes down with a knee injury in 1997 and Carl DeMarco reaches out to him and lets him know that he should go to Calgary and work in front of Brent Hart at the dungeon. And edge writes that Brett told him he was going to talk to you about him. What can you tell us about the, that conversation? Any chance you remember Brett giving you a buzz and putting Sexton Hardcastle on your radar? Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and we, and he wasn't a stranger. I mean, we, we, we were aware of, of Adam's abilities, uh, and he had a great personality. He was a total team guy. Uh, yes, sir. No, sir. Very polite. His mama raised him well, God bless her. And, uh, so yeah, we were aware of him, but Brett calling me to speak up in a positive way for, uh, uh, Adam, uh, was really the cherry on the Sunday. I mean, for a, for a guy that's so respected as Bret Hart, nobody in the business of wrestling was more respected than Bret Hart, uh, that I worked with. And so he was just, uh, when he, when he, he was very, uh, effusive about, uh, Adam's potential. And I, look, I understand they're both Canadians. I don't give a shit what I care. I don't, oh, they're also Republicans. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> what do I care? But seriously, it was just, 
that was really all it took. And it made us get more serious about the development of that talent because, you know, I know Pat Patterson was always real high on him. Uh, again, Pat was a Canadian and I, I factored all that in. I got it, but it didn't bother me. I, what do I care? This kid can draw, sell tickets and put an ass every 18 inches. That's all I should care about. TV ratings, ticket sales, merch, things that are, that are, you, you can, uh, what's the word Conrad quantitate things that you can measure. Yeah. And, and he brought that, uh, without, a, without a doubt. So I, I, Brett certainly did a great, great job of recruiting and selling. Uh, and I, I'm sure glad he made that phone call. Not that we weren't going to hire uh, Adam, but it didn't hurt anything in the process. It was great to get that call. And, and it's always fun to talk to Brett and, uh, and who better to lean on as far as someone's professional opinion than Brett Hart. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. It was pretty fun to think uh, way back when, when we actually got to see uh, a 19-year-old Edge on a talk show asking Brett about how to get into the WWF. We'll post that clip over on uh, social media so you can enjoy it, but to know that ultimately it actually really did happen just like that through Carl DeMarco, Brett saw his work and vouched for him and ta-da, uh, Edge would write in his book. I called Carl at world wrestling federations, Canadian offices. And Carl told me Jr. had a contract with my name on it, waiting to be signed in Stanford, Connecticut. The news didn't sink in. I know it's a cliche, but I couldn't believe my ears. It was mind boggling. I mean, and really, and truly, if a guy like Brett gives you the thumbs up, that's pretty much all you need to hear, right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah that's, what else you want to talk about type deal? You know, Brett, what else you been doing, Brett? How you feeling? You know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It was, you're done. We're done on the topic of edge. We're done on the topic of Adam. He's in, uh, he's in, he's in, unless we were discovered some illness, uh, medical condition, uh, the, uh, anything along those lines, uh, attitudinal that we certainly weren't expecting. It didn't happen. Uh, then we're, we're going to be good here. Hopefully for a long time to come. And that did come true. He was durable and he was athletic, but he was driven. He was driven, uh, uh, just tremendously. You know, I, I, uh, he mentioned this the other day. Uh, I think it maybe was on, uh, uh, collision that I paid for his college tuitions. He had a, he had a student loan. Put it this way. He had a student loan. It was significant. Uh, he had no money to pay for it because he wasn't making any money in wrestling yet. 
And so what do you do your JR? Well, what I do is I look at my budgets and I look what's the right thing to do here. And that would be to pay off edges, student loans. So you start your career debt free from that. And, uh, that's what we did. And he was, he, he brings that up a lot, even today. And it's how many years later, it meant something to him. And, uh, I was just glad that we were able to do it. And I was glad that Vince, uh, thought it was a great idea. He could, at that time, Vince was sold that this kid had something. We just got to figure out what it is and get it, get him out there. I know you had breakfast with him that morning, but it's one thing to have those type conversations, you know, in the confines of a hotel restaurant. It's another to be on live TV on national television in prime time. You're at your desk doing your job and he makes it a point to recognize you like that. That had yeah. to make you feel good, huh? Yeah. Tears. Yeah. Uh, tears. I, I, uh, somebody pointed out to the day that they were watching our show when, uh, you and Bull Ramos replayed the, uh, uh, what Vince said about, yes. And how, and how it looked like Jr. was getting emotional. Well, I was, I, I didn't want to cry like a baby, but maybe that's been part of my problem in my lifetime. You know, you don't worry about your ego. Just how do you feel? And so, uh, somebody brought that up to the, to me the other day. And I said, well, you're right. You're very observant. <laughs> that's all I can say. So, uh, but it's, it's been a, him doing, I didn't have any idea that edge was going or Adam, whatever was going to say anything to me at all. Uh, there on the, on the, that night on the show, uh, it didn't shock me because that's the kind of heart the guy's got, but it did surprise me and pleasantly surprise me. I was very happy about, about that. You know, we always have our egos to, to, to solidify and to fill up all that, but that was really cool. And it was about 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Isn't it amazing how if it's the right thing is said in the right tone that we have got to have a four minute promo or a five minute promo or a 10 minute promo. I, uh, I'm astonished by that sometimes, but in any event, it was very emotional, very emotional. When's the last time that happened to somebody? Yeah. Right. No, so I, I was very, very blessed. Well, edge was blessed. Once he gets this contract to go to camp where he's going to start having some matches against Dr. Tom and Michael Hayes, just to get evaluated. Yeah. And, uh, he wrote in his book, I was called to JR's office. And even after my brutal week long performance, he had a developmental contract waiting for me. JR told me the sky was the limit. It was up to me. He told me to take the contract, get a lawyer to look at it and send it back. I took it to my hotel, signed it and brought it back the next day. <laughs> most people would call me a dumbass, and most people still do. But I was 23, and this was my dream. My developmental deal was worth $210 a week in the U.S., $300 Canadian. Not the numbers that were in my dream, but I had to start somewhere. Amen. And uh, he did mention that you guys actually paid off the remaining $40,000 balance for his university bill. I mean... This is a phrase that a lot of people get irritated with on social media when it comes to independence, but getting an opportunity to work for WWE for a, a fairly paltry sum, that is the epitome of paying your dues, but it is the way, as you like to say, to get your Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's how you get some minutes. Uh, and then you got to maximize those minutes. 
people have heard me say these things for a long time. And I'm sure that long after I'm gone, uh, somebody will be using the same phraseologies because they're, they're just accurate. They're true. Now, I don't know that I created them. I know that I used logic, uh, $300 a week Canadian. He was living in Canada. So he was essentially making $300 a week, but it was $210, uh, American, but he wasn't in America. You know what, when he was in America, we were paying, I think we paid for the lodging and things like that, you know, uh, but you got to start somewhere. And I knew because I was booking the towns, I knew that sooner than later, I'd have him on some house shows and that gives him more money. He's not locked in to, oh, you can't make but $210 a week. You know, you, you, you get booked more, you work more, uh, and you get paid more, you keep it. So uh, that's kind of how I looked at that deal. This kid was, he was can't miss Conrad. He really was, you know, he, he didn't have the body that Vince loved. Uh, it, he needed a little bit more, uh, size. He was very lean, but boy, he was athletic and he had a great, he had such great, uh, uh, you know, feel for the game psychology. He had a great look, you know, so, uh, I six, four going to be able to, he could work, he could, he could work with anybody when we signed him. He just needed more, he just needed more time, more experience, but he was, he was just, uh, he was, I don't want to say he was as can't miss as rock, but he was right there in the conversation. We, uh, we should also talk about, um, he's got one more shot as Sexton Hardcastle in 1997. It's the night after the Montreal screw job on that raw from Ottawa. Probably couldn't have been an easy night to work there. I mean, here he is starting his dream when the guy who helped get him in his dream is seemingly ending. And it took a year from the time he signed the contract to get called back, to go to the funk and dojo in Stanford. And this is now the infamous dojo that had Glenn Kolka and Kurgan and Ahmed Johnson and Tiger Ali Singh and Darren Drozdolf and Mark Henry and Mark Marrow and Sean Stasiak and Takamichi Noku and Matt Bloom and Sean Morley and. <laughs> Meltzer or, or not Meltzer, but edge would write, this is like a do or die moment for some of this talent. Yep. And it's also a way for a guy like him to try to get a break. Is that risky to put guys who were trying to make it in there with guys who were trying to hang on? I don't, it might be in some people's view, Conrad risky, but if it is, how do you avoid it? Uh, to any extreme, uh, I, the guys that I liked. The guys that I personally recruited, uh, everybody was in that picture, that last picture on uh, Facebook or Facebook on, uh, YouTube, uh, weren't my guys. They were my guys as far as WWE was concerned, but they were not my guys. As far as I saw this guy, he's got great. He's got a great, really good look. He's got a good aptitude. Let's give him a shot. Uh, and you know, but we had. It's like I had signed Mark Henry to a long-term contract. Right. Uh, and, uh, or he was going to get work because he had a guaranteed deal and, you know, we needed to, we needed to move him along as, as efficiently as we could in all fairness to him. So he wasn't getting too much on his plate. Uh, cause it's a mental game. It's some, it's some I, Mark Henry didn't have any physical issues. My God, he was the strongest man in the world. 
and he had, he was athletic as hell. So, and he had a good aptitude. He, he, he liked pro wrestling. So I knew he was going to get plenty of minutes, but there were others there that, that were favors, so to speak that, uh, you know, I like the look of Glenn Kolka, the linebacker from the Canadian football league, but I can, I can see after short time, there's a picture of there on our, on our Facebook, our YouTube. our YouTube. Yeah. He looks good. He's got a similar look to at a lot of guys, uh, muscular. He was, he was a linebacker in the CFL. He was a starter. He was an athlete, but he had been banged up a lot. And he was, you know, he wasn't a young kid. And so you have to wonder, well, he's got to break through. And he unfortunately didn't break through. Uh, but he was a real good guy and we liked, we were, I'm glad we signed him because we needed to know if he could make it or not. Cause he had the look of a successful pro wrestler. Well, if you're looking to get the right look, we want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by manscaped. Who's taken a step up from ball to bring your face, the cleanest shave it's ever seen but this season. There's no need to toil in trouble. Manscapes all new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using the code Jim Ross for 20% off plus free shipping. It may be spooky season, but you don't want to scare people with a scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. Are you tired of a bad razor making your neck look like a scary movie? Well, with handyman skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave for wet or dry use. Feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness make this perfect travel tool on the go and being able to shave up three days worth of growth without the mess of a wet shave really is priceless. And for all my dudes with a wolf man, a little more scruff look, how about Manscaped's beard hedger pro kit? It's got everything you need to tame your mane. Check this out. The cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 different hair cutting lengths, all with just one guard. So no more drawers of extra add-ons collecting cobwebs. That's right. Your Halloween costumes may take effort, but your beard grooming doesn't need to when you can get 20 beard lengths in just one guard. The beard hedger is a high tech piece of art and a travel size package with a long lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. There's no trick with this treat. Manscaped has you covered. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Jim Ross at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just be sure to use our code Jim Ross. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman uh-huh. from Manscaped. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, we know that I use the Manscaped travel bag. Yes. And it's sturdy and it's firm and it's all good. Holds a lot of stuff. But I started packing my, uh, what's the little gimmick call that does the cleans your ears and your. Oh, the weed whacker. Yeah, the weed whacker. I started packing the weed whacker trips. Because it's amazing that I, by the time I leave the house until I get to the hotel, my ear hair's grown. It's a pain in the ass. It's Harry ears ain't good Connie. No. And, and there's a friend of ours. I won't say their name, uh, but he hosts the morning show here in Huntsville. Uh, it rhymes with <laughs> Nassio Nid. 
And uh, I was riding shotgun with him somewhere the other day, and I took a look over to have a conversation with him, and I saw, well, he had some broccoli growing. And I thought, yeah. you know, the move <laughs> might be to get him one of these as a gift. And gift giving yeah. season is right around the corner. Manscaped can hook you up. Go to manscaped.com, use our promo code Jim Ross, and you'll get 20% right. off plus free shipping. It's a, it's a hell of a deal. Can't beat it. So listen, uh, Morley, who we know is going to go on to be Val Venus and Copeland, who we know is going to go on to be edge are seemingly the standouts of these camps. Bruce Pritchard stops by and wants to take a look. He specifically sees something in those guys and creative starts working on something. Uh, by the end of 97, Copeland is uh, putting over Glenn Colca in Ontario at a house show. And, uh, he too was recruited by Bret Hart. Uh, he came from the CFL. That's right. Canadian football league. And right. as we let out things didn't exactly work out for him, but by 1998, things are looking up for Adam Copeland. He's working some dark matches. Creative is still working on ideas and gimmicks. Uh, and it winds up to where I suppose the edge gimmick is a tortured soul. He wrote in his book, I had no clue what the hell that meant. And I don't really think anyone else did either. My vignettes <laughs> involved me running around the streets of New York, beating people up. I went to a studio and recited poetry to play over the vignettes. It definitely wasn't me. And I felt uncomfortable doing it. After this, my spoken poetry was left on the cutting room floor and I wouldn't talk on TV for another year. Rumors abounded that I would become a deaf mute wrestler. Talk about the nail in the coffin before I even got started. Listen, I realize he's coming in an attitude era time where we're trying really weird stuff. I mean, we've got a pimp and a porn star and everything in between. So certainly it could have been worse, but this dark brooding character is going to be a hit, but it is a little weird that he doesn't talk hypothetically had they went with a deaf mute character failure. Well, I mean, we say that, but there were other wrestlers who never spoke like for a long time, Sabu didn't speak and. I mean, there were characters like that, but in the attitude, there's exception there, to every rule, Conrad. There's that's six, right. But I'm gonna, if I got to make a bet, yes, you're gonna bet on the, t the talent that can talk well and yes. it's very entertaining, or you're gonna bet on the talent that's the deaf. There you go. I'm gonna, uh, that's how I'd look at it. Uh, those decisions were made. I'd say those are really more carved out in the writers' room, as opposed to say Vince and and uh, and Bruce having more hands-on approach, uh, on that guy edge, Adam Copeland. So, uh, but luckily we didn't go down that path very far. And, and so uh, those, those vignettes just served to hopefully just introduce him more familiarize edge more with our TV audience. And I think that we did that. It might not, it might've been half-assed inadvertent. I don't know. But it ended up working because he had a Hall of Fame career. I mean, no questions asked. So it was a, uh, it, it it all worked out for the best by steering the course and and trying to pillage through those uh, rough waters of creative. We uh, we also just want to give a shout out right now. I think there's a lesson in all this if you've really been paying attention. Uh, Adam Copeland signed up for this contract for $210 a week. It was about a year before he got another look. He continued to work in these camps. He continued to work dark matches. He's going out there performing really with no gimmick and no creative direction. 
when they finally give him one, he doesn't like it. He doesn't understand it. No one can explain it to him, but he perseveres to the point where after he's been doing this for a year without talking, he's at least getting some fan momentum, some familiarity. And I think the lesson in all this is perseverance and patience. You know, the talent has to persevere and I'm not saying that this was a different time, but it was a different time. And and these days there's social media movements and people maybe share their feelings and in public and things like that. That wasn't really an opportunity or an avenue or a venue that he could even do back then. So he just worked his ass off, kept his head down, was reliable as Jr. says, and made the most of his minutes. I've heard a wise man on this podcast say that before maximize your minutes. And then eventually a year later, he does get to talk, but we all know edge as being pretty good talker, pretty good promo. And he doesn't even get to hold a microphone for months and months and months. I mean, the story of edge really is about perseverance and patience to me. Me too, Conrad. That's a good observation. I think it's accurate. He just had the right spirit. He he knew what he wanted to do. He, He was at the place he needed to be. It now just let all the pieces fall into place. Don't let somebody else create your schedule. You should create your own schedule by how you perform, how you conduct yourself. Uh, Cause there's a whole hell of a lot more to getting, uh, put on that roster in a good spot, uh, than, uh, uh, you know, than anything that it, it, most important thing is wrestling working. And he did that so well, it was, you couldn't ignore him. It just had, you, we just had to find the right fit, the right pair of shoes to put on him. Type thing. He was, uh, it's just, it was just a matter of things working out. Perseverance is a good word. Uh, commitment, dedication. You couldn't find anybody better than Adam Copeland. Well, he also is, uh, still being an advocate for himself. He wrote in his book that it was actually. He, Adam Copeland, who came up with the name edge, as the story goes, he was riding in a car with Don Callis, listening to a radio station and the radio station was known as edge. So not the guy from U two, uh, but a radio station and these vignettes begin, uh, maybe unironically during the build to over the edge. Um, maybe that's a little confusing. The name of the pay-per-view is over the edge, but this wrestler's name is just edge. He starts out working with, uh, some pretty talented hands like buddy Landell and Kevin Quinn and dark matches before his actual television debut. And he's the first of these characters in this wrestling world, these dark brooding characters before there was a Gangrel or a Christian or even the Hardys, you know, in that sort of goth style, uh, he's really the first type, uh, character in the WWE like that. And for weeks we would see him watching from the crowd. And he finally makes his televised debut on a taped draw. This is the era where we still taped draw and it happened on June 22nd, 1998. He makes his entrance through the crowd, but the debut doesn't go quite as planned. His opponent that night was Jose Estrada jr. Who you may remember as was a member of Los Periquas and the match ended prematurely when edge performed a somersault senton from the ring to the floor, but he legit accidentally, of course, injured Estrada's neck. Were you ringside for this? Do you remember this injury? I mean, this, this is not a good start. I think I was at ringside. Yeah. What year was that? What 1998, June of 98. Oh yeah. I think so. I, I think I would have been there. Uh, yeah, it, it, neck injuries are weird, man. 
you can do something that looks mundane and it creates an injury, serious injury. Then you can see guys take bumps where you said there's no way that they're okay. And they are next a really weird boy. You just got to be really, really careful. And I always looked at it this way. Look at it as the worst case scenario. And that's how I would do, uh, look at a next situation and give talent time off. You know, they're, they're here's what they're worried about time off. They should be worried about their health. They're worried about their money. So Jr. saddles up, rides in. Okay, here's the deal. We're going to leave you off for a while, so you we make you get get you healed. We're, you're in a doctor's care, but you're still going to get paid. So don't worry about buying the groceries or paying the mortgage. It's all done. So uh, we're going to keep our commitment financially to you. And I just thought that was the only way to handle it. And they got hurt on the, got hurt on the job. What else would you do? So you pay them until they're healthy. Then you put them back to work and. Him again, you know, so it was, uh, it was not a great start, but the, the thing about it is it just shows you how badly edge wanted to get over by doing the really high risk stuff. Cause that was a move that just wasn't utilized, uh, hardly ever, if ever. So it was, uh, it was a, it was a tough, it was a tough beginning for Adam. We, uh, we should mention that. Edge maybe has his doubts about that injury. He wrote in his book, I had a feeling throughout the day that he being Estrada wasn't cool with the fact he was putting me over knowing what I do now. I know he wasn't cool with it. The finish was supposed to be my downward spiral. One, two, three, and a nice debut for edge. Instead, I knocked Estrada out with a helo to the floor. After Timmy white told me he was on dream street. I was visibly shaken. I won by a count out and left back through the crowd with Jr. announcing what an inauspicious debut edge had made. Wow. <laughs> thanks for the morale booster. Just what I needed to hear at that point. He would go on to write in his book that that really destroyed the confidence he had built coming in. And, um, I'm sure that would shake anybody's confidence to have your big break like this after they've been sort of keeping you on the sidelines. You get out there, you have this big plan. It doesn't go according yeah. to plan. And now there might be quote unquote talk of wait, is he dangerous? Is he going to hurt guys? Yeah, uh, there he, was talk. It was talk. Sure. It's the first time you've seen him and the guys hurt. You have to jump to yeah. that conclusion. That's right. There's no other way around it. But those of us that knew Adam and knew his passion and knew his drive knew that he would be okay. Yeah. You know, I, I had no, not one time did I have any issues with his being dangerous or, uh, you know, accidents are going to happen, especially when you leave your feet voluntarily. It's just, you're in a, you're in a world that wasn't really meant for pro wrestling. And it's, it's that way today. Some guys pull it off beautifully. Some guys just barely scrape by getting injured in something that they're trying, that they realize is very high risk. They think that the match needs it. And, uh, there's where I have a, I raise my hand and say, well, that's not necessarily accurate. So, uh, but, but he had, there was, there was some people that you got to remember too, Conrad, the talent, see a guy that looks like he's going to be a main event guy. Yes. So there's jealousy and his pettiness. So the, the bond, the, the, the talk around the campfire was going to, regarding Adam Copeland was 
he might be dangerous because he's got to try all these crazy things. And I never believed that for one minute because I'd seen the guy wrestle. That's why they go on the road. That's why they wrestle the Glenn Culkas and the other guys uh, and these house shows that I've booked him on. You want to see him wrestle and work a match and tell a story. So that's, uh, and, and I always thought that he did that. And I, I think that my sentiment by saying this has been proven out time and time again. Well, he's going to continue to work the likes of shotgun and Sunday night heat. These are all taped shows. So maybe there's some hesitation about putting him on live TV just yet. He does wind up being sent back to the funk and dojo. Even while he's working on TV, wrestling the likes of Andrew Martin, who we know is going to be test and Christian cage. And edge even wrote in his book that he would pester Jim Cornette constantly to at least give Christian a shot. And we'll talk more about Christian next year, but. Man, what a great story they have together. Seemingly out of nowhere, there's a big opportunity in the summer of 98 for edge. You may recall that Mark Merrow and Jacqueline were in a big feud with Sable and she has a mystery partner and seemingly out of nowhere, it's edge. So now after being on a bunch of the taped shows, he's on one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. And probably at that point, the biggest SummerSlam in history in Madison square garden, sort of the spiritual home of the world wrestling federation with Sable, who without a doubt is one of the hottest acts that is quite an about face and a big opportunity. Even if in storyline, it didn't make much sense. You got to maximize your minutes. And he came through in that match. Did he not? Well, it made sense as far as edge is concerned, Connie, because, uh, it got a lot of eyeballs on him. So it did make sense in that respect. Maybe not in the grand story of storytelling, et cetera, et cetera, but it filled a void. He wasn't, he wasn't asked to hit fourth in the lineup. I know we're in the baseball playoffs. There's a baseball reference for you. Uh, nobody cares. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he just, he, he, he got a, he got a, he got his minutes. He got some minutes on a pay-per-view live and getting a rub. No pun intended. Uh, from uh, arguably one of the hot top four or five hottest baby faces in the entire company was Sable. And also you need, you need to, we need to shout out Jackie Moore because all that stuff with Sable was not going to be possible without someone, the expertise and the skills, uh, and the talent of Jackie Moore. She did a lot for this company. That's why she's in the hall of fame. Yes. Does everybody so? My, absolutely. And so she was, uh, vital piece of, uh, of the operation in my, in my world. So, uh, he, I thought, it, I thought that was a good debut for him for edge surprise thing. People didn't call it. It was not foreshadowed. Uh, I thought it worked out pretty well. Podcast heat is teaming up with 14 time women's world champion, Charlotte flair to help raise money for smile train. And you have the chance to participate and win a personalized autographed photo and a 15 minute private video chat with the queen herself by being the highest donor. With your donation, Smile Train can provide life-saving surgeries and other essential cleft care to children in need 100% free. A donation of $21, less than your weekly Starbucks, can provide one cleft repair surgery. Without treatment, children with clefts may struggle to breathe properly, often becoming severely malnourished due to trouble eating, and many face long-term psychological trauma as a result of relentless bullying. No child deserves to feel like an outcast. 
Join Smile Train Global Ambassador Charlotte Flair in becoming a champion of smiles. Your donation will provide the gift of cleft treatment. Donate today at smiletrain.org slash Charlotte. And remember, the highest donor will receive a personalized autographed photo and a 15-minute private video chat with Charlotte. Together, we can change the world one smile at a time. Well, it must have worked out pretty well because on the heels of that match, you land him on a five year deal and coming off SummerSlam, it's going to be his first pay per view for Edge in Canada. He's going to be taking on Owen Hart. And man, that's, uh, that's pretty fun to think about, you know, him being Canadian and asking his brother on a talk show, how do I get into the company? And that same brother vouching for him to get in. And now he's wrestling Owen. Uh, Christian would debut that night. And somehow cause edge to lose. And it would be revealed that Christian was his brother. And this would begin Christian and Gangrel attempting to recruit edge to join the dark side. As the story is going on, edge is tasked in defeating, uh, Vader on Sunday night heat and Vader's last match with the company. But a few weeks into the story, Edge out of nowhere helps Gangrel and Christian attack Kane, and the Brood was born. Oh, Edge would write, "The Brood was a modern day version of the movie The Lost Boys. Our music kicked ass. The New Jersey Devils still use it today. Our entrance, in my humble opinion, ranks up there with the coolest I've ever seen. The crowd quickly latched onto us. Brood merchandise was made and quickly sold. It felt like we were off and running." We all watched the movie blade together and used the idea to bloodbath our opponents. It was strange, but effective. And once again, the fans dug it. what do you think of the brood, the pairing of the three talent, uh, their gimmick, and then the whole presentation of the entrance. I liked the presentation of the entrance. The music was especially good. Uh, and I thought the music was perfect spot on. Uh, it gave three guys, uh, who arrived at WWE in different ways, different timelines, uh, a job and an opportunity to become stars. Uh, so, uh, I was, a, I was a brood fan. I thought they did good. And, and, the, and I just remember the crowd always reacting to their music, whether they were heels or baby faces, they got a response. There's no, uh, uh, neutral land. There wasn't, there was no, you know, what's that country that about anybody, Sweden, Switzerland, I don't know. Switzerland. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All you Swedes out there, you know, I love you. Both of you. Uh, yeah. So anyhow, I, I, I like the brood. I, I was a brood fan. Well, the music was cool. The entrance was cool. The fire. I mean, my goodness, so much cool stuff there, but then maybe one of the worst angles in WWF history, he's teaming up with Gangrel to take on animal and draw as they're now the new LOD. This is the infamous night where Hawk would climb up the Titan Tron and draws would chase after him and push him off. And then from there, the brood transitions somehow into joining the corporate ministry. You know, I have to say, looking back, maybe that afforded them the opportunity while the supernatural and crazy vibe of their gimmick, maybe fit that it's probably really easy to get lost in a group when the undertaker is the leader. Is it not? Yeah. Kind of. You might say that. You know, he's going to get the screen time and he's going to steal the show. Yes. Just by stepping into the scene. Let's take her. Saw that this past week on, uh, NXT, NXT, NXT. you know, he's still got the drawing power. He'll always have it. God bless him. 
he was the Clint Eastwood of WWE during my term there. He helped me with a lot of talent, you know, talking to talent or coming to me and saying, Hey, can you, you need to speak to so-and-so he's still pissed off about his payoff or he's pissed off about not having enough work, whatever. And he was good at helping me with Intel. And then at the same time, I was, uh, us- utilizing Mark, uh, taker as, uh, someone that I could ask to talk to talents that were beginning to become problematic. He couldn't solve all their issues, but he could certainly bring them to light to the right people. And if you got, if you got to me, uh, which it did more often than not, then I could go right straight to the vents and get answers quickly. So, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think, uh, there was some rough, there's always going to be some rough times and we had some rough times created, but it was, uh, it, at the end of the day, that's what I always tell people. How did it work out? How did the game end? Well, the Sooners won in the last 12 seconds. Oh, great. That's, that's what I wanted to hear. Just, just a matter of stay in tune, man. Stay tuned and hang and keep hanging in there. And I know it sounds old school and country. Maybe I don't even, but it is what it is in that respect. Well, we see another, uh, regrettable piece of creative, maybe an infamous moment. It's his WrestleMania debut where Gangrel, edge and Christian are going to come from the roof of the first union center in Philadelphia to help tie a noose around the neck of the big boss man after his hell in a cell match with the undertaker and have him rise to the ceiling. Man, that's, uh, maybe not the WrestleMania debut he hoped for, but pretty damn crazy visual. Is it not? Yeah. And you get the undertaker rub. So that helps a lot. And uh, the creative might've been sketchy and it was, but, uh, you're in the scene, you're, you're cast, you're booked. Take that for what it is. And what it is, is good for your career. Whether the creative is great or Meltzer give it 18 stars or whatever. I don't know, but, uh, getting booked and getting put in the scene as a young guy, uh, uh, and having that undertaker connection, no matter what it may be is uh, a good thing. Yeah, it is. We see edge and Christian start working the house shows with the Hardy boys, and they're going to work some matches against the new age outlaws and even against Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett. And up until this point, edge had still never been given the chance to do a promo or an interview on camera. And that all changed when doc Hendricks interviewed the brood on the pilot episode of SmackDown in April, 1999. Edge would say everyone was given a chance to talk except Jay. Someone obviously didn't think he was up to it. Of course, as you've seen over the last five years, they were wrong. Michael Hayes as doc Hendricks was our interviewer. He wore the most God awful pastel yellow slacks and silk dress shirt combination I'd ever seen. <laughs> Michael asked Gangrel a question. He stammered his way to an answer. He was very uncomfortable with the microphone in his hand and it showed. Michael then asked Jay a question, which was returned with complete silence. Now it was my turn. I had been mentally preparing a long time for my first shot at a promo. At this point, I knew if I sucked, we would not be talking for a very long time. And those (laughs) deaf mute rumors might start again. Vince Russo had given me some Shakespearean like promo full of haths and vows. 
I didn't want to sound like Thor. So I came up with some ideas on my own. Reciting exactly what someone else has written. Sounds like you're doing just that. I was very happy with my promo that night. It wasn't stupendous, but it wasn't horrible either. I came up with the final line, which I hoped would be our eventual tagline. Beware, take care because the freaks come out at night after which the lights went out and a pastel yellow leisure suit mercifully was put out of its misery by a bloodbath. The Uh ability to speak was such a big deal during the attitude era here, Jim, and to see him hit a home run like this and end on a strong line, which Tony Schiavone has said in his time working with talent in AEW, he encourages them. Think about how you're going to finish. You got to, you got to think about how, what you're going to end with. And that's your go home line, but to have that. And then the bloodbath on this crazy yellow suit, that's pretty doggone good. Even if Gangrel maybe fumbled, they don't remember how you start. They remember how you finish. That's a great debut. They remember the scene. They remember the blood, the bloodbath, the haze getting caught in the crossfire. Uh, that's what people are going to remember. Uh, and so I, I, I think it was successful. We're still talking about it. And I just think a lot of the fans that are listening today and watching today will remember some of those things and go back and check it out and see what we're talking about. So it's, uh, it was, a, I, I thought it was a, a good day for the brood, uh, even though it might not have been Shakespearean quality oratory. It was fine. It's pro wrestling. It should be a little rough and rough and edgy course. Um, Edge will continue. Little did I know this promo would be the beginning of the end for the brood looking for revenge. Michael dropped the doc Hendricks gimmick and took on the managerial services of a new up and coming tag team known as the Hardy boys, Matt and Jeff. Jay and I had worked the Hardys a few times and found that we all had great chemistry together. The brood versus Michael Hayes and the Hardy boys would be the beginning of a beautiful wrestling relationship that would help revitalize tag team wrestling. You know, chemistry is not something you can always predict or forecast. Sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't, but it did with these guys in a big way. Did it not? Yeah. You got to see it. You got to see the chemistry to, to, to convince yourself that it's there. Uh, and sometimes it's there in a mist. Sometimes chemistry is there in a little bit of a fog, but you hope that through all that, you can see some clarity at some point. Uh, and, and, uh, we, we did with those guys, you know, Michael was past his prime wrestling but he did a good job in helping those guys because the conversations that they, they, the two teams could have prior to the match, if that was possible, uh, he had the leadership and the expertise of Michael Hayes, which is always a win, especially in tag team stuff. Uh, you know, the Freebirds were one of the best teams ever, ever. So, uh, and Michael was a big part of that. Not that he was the only brain in the group, but he had the, I think he probably had the most, uh, uh, creative mind of the trio. So, uh, it was, uh, I thought that was good. Uh, it, g- it gave two teams a, a real good rub from a famous guy who could still talk. So that it was, it's another step in the journey. It's pretty crazy to think that, uh, our old pal Duke 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 is going to be getting back on the road in this capacity. I mean, I know he's not going to do a bunch of wrestling, but 
he's kind of worked behind the scenes. Now he's going to be stepping into the uh, managerial scene. And unfortunately edge is a part of Owen's last match in Chicago. This is the night before over the edge where he would team with Christian and put over Owen and Jeff. Uh, the hearts are just so intertwined with edge. I mean, it's an incredible tragedy, but I'm sure to this day, it's a great honor for edge to know that he had the opportunity to be in there for Owen's last match. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. A lot of, he's a historian. Edge is a historian. He's, he, uh, he's, he values the opportunity to contribute to the legacy of pro wrestling. And he was, look, he, he came along we, we the old expression, right place, right time. I think as far as Adam Copeland is concerned, he got into the WWE. I signed him to a five-year deal. He wasn't going anywhere. And because we saw WrestleMania main events in this kid. And when I'm recruiting or I'm signing or I'm watching talent develop, the one thought you always have to continue to have somewhere in your mind is that can this person headline WrestleMania? If you say, honestly, I think so, then there's where your money's going to go. There's where your promotion is going to go. Your vignettes, all these things. So, uh, it's, a it's a interesting way of developing talent and probably the most unique entity in all of sports and entertainment. We know eventually Michael Hayes is going to be replaced with Gangrel, and he's going to go on to form the new brood to go against edge and Christian. So parties are going to go from having Michael Hayes with him to Gangrel with him, but the feud remains, um, you know, I, I can only think back and wonder knowing Michael, like we do, why did he want to come off the road? It seems like he liked that rock and roll lifestyle. I just wish back then. We could have hooked our man up with a little blue chew because he would have had some fun on the road. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, Let's that's the problem. That's what you already answered your question from previously. But things like that, you don't need that. Well, if he were here right now, he'd say, Nabes, uh, I'm a free bird. What's your excuse? Everybody needs a hard ding dong. It'll get you harder than it'll get you so hard. Even a cat couldn't scratch it. And how about that? It's got yeah. the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis and Levitra, but in chewable form and a fraction of the cost. Prime anytime, boys and girls, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process really is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com, you consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluechew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And I'm telling you, it really works. I've used it. JR's used it. We got no complaints. We got lots of repeat business, if you will. Uh, Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. Man, we got a special deal. Check this out. You can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code JR at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is JR to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. And I just want to remind everybody, this is yeah. not just a product for guys who have a problem. This is for guys who are looking for a five-star performance. So maybe you're in a long-term relationship and you've hit a bit of a lull and maybe you're looking to spice things up, get out of a rut. Maybe you're trying to get her to crank her old tractor up. Well, here's what you do. <laughs> you get this Blue Chew going. 
And then you make sure it's had a chance to set in, you know, she's ready for action. And then you hit your theme song. You think you know me and you run in with that thing all hard. Come on. Here we go. Bluechew.com. Use the promo code JR. Yeah, it works. I'm, hey, I'm running low. Bull Ramus. I'm running low. I've got to have some intervention here. I can't run out. No. I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging about my sex life, but I, I went through some in Oklahoma and I was there for a week. So there you go. So you got to help me. big. I can, I can help you make it happen at bluechew.com. Just use the promo code JR. Get that it. first shipment free. You're going to be glad you did. Uh, so listen, the push continues for edge and Christian. And now there's a shift where edge, even though he's been in this successful tag team, he's lined up for an intercontinental title match against Jeff Jarrett at the fully loaded pay-per-view. And the night before there's a house show at the sky dome and Ken Shamrock has yet to arrive. So the decision is made for edge to step in, replace Ken Shamrock reliability being the big word there again. And he'll take on Jeff Jarrett, he being edge pronouns, pal. And this is a rare title change. So let's sort of reset here. Edge is having great success as a tag team wrestler, getting some momentum. He's got some promos. He's got a cool gimmick. He's got some great matches and great chemistry with the Hardys. The Owen tragedy happens. Jeff Jarrett is now an intercontinental champion. And we're going to do something pretty cool here. In his hometown, quote unquote, of Toronto, he's at the Sky Dome, one of the biggest house shows, if not the biggest house show in WWE history, certainly the modern era. And a rare title change happens. Edge Lee, Edge wins the title in the Sky Dome, the very building he went to as a little kid to watch right. Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 6. He's back in that building. Winning the same title, the ultimate warrior carried to the belt that to the ring that night. This is like a movie right here. Is it not Jim? Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good. All connecting all the dots. And you know, I'm not so sure. I'm sure Pat Patterson had a lot to do with the final, final decision with Vince on uh, deciding to put the intercontinental championship on, on Adam. Uh, it just. Pat was always great with concepts and ideas, especially when he liked somebody and he liked people that would listen to him, not necessarily do everything that he's suggesting, <clears throat> pardon me, but, but the people that Pat respected that respected Pat, he had great ideas. Proof in the pudding is how much he helped rock over the years. He was probably as instrumental as anybody, uh, other than maybe Brian Gewertz, to be honest with you on, on rocks, amazing success, because when you got a thoroughbred, you know, they can run and rock a damn sure run. He was a thoroughbred still is. So, uh, I, uh, where I was, but where was I Conrad? Well, we're I just talking I, about the Scotto match and, and Ed. Oh yeah. Pat Patterson, Patterson loved taking care of Canada. Yeah. He's from Montreal and he's very proud of his heritage. It's cool. And, uh, so I, I thought, I think that was a Patterson influenced idea. Bruce could probably help you with that more. Maybe cause I didn't really get involved in title switches and no, you, stuff na like you nailed that. it. Edge wrote about it. Uh, he oh, wrote yeah? Pat came up with an L of an idea. Well, he said an L of an idea. I would win the match, but not the title because I was not the contracted opponent. I hit the ring like a gunshot. The match was on and Jeff and I did our thing. And here comes the spear, the finish, and the place goes ape shit. The problem arose when referee Earl Hebner handed the title back to Jeff and my hometown peeps were none too pleased. 
The announcement okay. was made by Howard Finkel and that just added fuel to the fire. And at this point, Jack Lanza came down to the ring. He asked Earl to find out from Jeff what our finish was the next day. It was relayed back that Jeff was indeed going over. I was standing beside Jack and Howard on the floor and I could tell Jack's wheels were turning till he looked at me and said, go get your belt champ. Huh? Say what? Go get your belt champ. Are you serious? Go get it. The announcement was made and I'd grown up hearing Howard announce and the new intercontinental champion, but it means so much more when he announces your name at the end of that sentence. It was amazing. I literally could not believe it because it was not supposed to happen. Jack called an audible and I have to admit he was right. Although Jeff wasn't too happy. So this is a fun story to hear that, Hey, they're wrestling on pay-per-view the next day. So they right. can, if Jeff's going to win there, what is the difference? Why not right. send the hometown folks home happy? I didn't really, if I'm honest with you know that agents had the latitude to do things like that. Lanza did. Okay. I'm not saying every agent. No, got it. Lanza was my lead agent. Lanza got all the big shows. And if you go back and look in time, uh, if you see Steve Austin's name on the card, you saw Jack Lanza's name on the card. Cause Austin liked working with Jack and, and you don't do anything, but help enhance your pop star. And Austin certainly was that at that point in time. So, uh, yeah, uh, Jack could do that. He, and I, and I totally agreed with his, with his decision. And I think, I don't know the new, and he, when you have Patterson in your corner, who's, I mean, literally travel with Vince, uh, you knew that you're going to be pretty good pretty good shape of the That's situation. Right. So, uh, and it worked out fine. It was, it was the right thing to do. And I think if you look, look at it now, all these years later, would you would have done the same thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Same thing. No change. It was done the correct way. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. We should mention, of course, the next night Jarrett does win the title back, but Hey, uh, it's a big deal for edge just to have that accolade and that notch in his belt. If you will, I don't know why we did that. I don't know why I, you know, I, I, I like working with Jeff. We've not always seen eye to eye. I have great respect for him, but I, I think Adam was the way to go with that intercontinental title and not a one day reign. Yeah. As it worked out. The one day rain was short-sighted Yeah, and, and it was just keeping talents happy and things like that. I just, I don't know. It just, it just, it's, we're, we're, we're passing on a, a, a younger can't miss guy. 
Well, and let's just, you know, call it like it is. Had they kept the belt on edge there, some of that China fiasco, maybe none of that would have gotten there. What could have yeah, been? Yeah, you never know. You know? Never know. Yeah. So the tag team division at this point is really starting to get pretty strong by September of 99. I mean, you've got not only edge and Christian, but the acolytes, the Hollies, the Hardys, rock and mankind are the tag team champs. They're arguably two of the biggest stars in the company. And the I Dud- forget about the, the Dudleys, the Dudleys are debuting. That's exactly right. And they're going to attack absolutely everybody on SmackDown and an unforgiven, the now tag team champions of the new age outlaws are going to take on edge and Christian. This is their first shot at the tag team titles on pay-per-view. Now the outlaws get the win with help from the Hardys, but this would set the tone for what was about to begin. And I know this was a favorite of your pal, Jerry Lawler's the Terry invitational tournament or the tit, uh, between the Hardys <laughs> edge and Christian and Gangrel has moved away from both groups. So it's going to be a best of seven series here in the tit to see, uh, some pretty tremendous tag team matches. And this harkens back to you know, the best of seven we saw in WCW with Benoit and Booker or Nikita and Magnum before that. And JCP, Yeah. Uh, but by October of 99, man, everybody's really taken notice of edge and Christian. And of course their feud with the Hardy boys, but following their ladder match at no mercy from Cleveland, man, this is like a career defining moment. I mean, the Hardys get the win Terry and a hundred thousand dollars, but the real winners are the fans that night. And all four guys on the ring are essentially made men. Like the next day, the day after the match, they all get a standing ovation. I don't remember seeing anything like that in tag team wrestling ever before, where you get a standing ovation the next day in the next town. Yeah. It says you're over. Yeah. It says your work the previous night sold a lot of people on your abilities. And, uh, the other thing about this is that. You got two teams that have a lot in common. They both had long journeys to get to where they are. Uh, they know that there's some in the locker room that are jealous of their youth and their success, but they got to deal with it. I talked to them about that. Uh, ignore it because all these people are doing our bitching because you took a spot and there's only so many spots to take. You got a card. Some, somebody's going to close it and somebody's going to open it. Well, it is. So, uh, I, uh, they had a lot in common and I'll tell you the, those TLC matches, uh, the talents in those matches had enormous input on the creative. They basically booked their match Yeah, because they had these visions of what they wanted to attempt to do in, in this particular structure of, of, of a match, this particular booking. Problem I was going to have was they couldn't follow it in all the house shows. Right, they'll kill themselves for God's sakes because they're going to go out there in a house show and and uh, you know Sheboygan, for lack of a better place, I can't even spell it, but nonetheless, uh, uh, they're going to try the same shit. They're going to give you everything they got, and 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 soon the well runs dry. So you can't just overbook those TLC matches. I tried not to. But quite honestly, that's what was selling tickets. Uh, let's, uh, let's mention that after this, I mean, you, we both know they're made men, all, all four guys, edge and Christian are going to start working with too cool and they're going to be putting too cool over. 
it feels like they're pulled back a little bit and it takes until yeah. the Royal rumble and for the Dudleys to become big time players with their tables, victory over the Hardys that we create a path to WrestleMania. So as a reminder, edge and Christian have been taken on the Hardys for several months. Now this incredible feud, it blows off in October by January. The Dudleys are made men. They're taking on the Hardys who won that series with edge and Christian. They win in New York city. That fantastic tables match. And now the table is set for arguably one of the biggest WrestleMania moments. I mean, what, what a cool path we're on here no way out edge and Christian are going to take on the Hardys in a number one contender match with the Dudleys defeating the new age outlaws to win the tag team titles. Terry's going to turn on the Hardys and that forces a three-way at WrestleMania. And this is going to be the first ever three-way tag ladder match in professional wrestling history. As far as I know, certainly yeah, the first too. one at WrestleMania. Yep. And edge credits in his book. The fact that you were able to cut some funny heel commentary with you and King in the buildup to WrestleMania and it convinced Vince to hold off on having Christian turn on him and keep the team together. And, uh, I think that's pretty cool that he gives you kudos there because a lot of times respectfully. People sort of overlook that, Hey, you know, there's more going on than just the guys in the ring. Uh, you're not just watching with it on mute. You're telling stories through your ears as well. And, and your commentary with, with Lawler allowed this thing to really flourish in a way that edge and Christian really benefited from. So it gives you a high five in that regard. Yeah. I appreciate that. This, uh, I had an emotional investment, everybody in that ring, because those are all my guys. I mean, they were, they were my sign. I, my recruits did the original deals and, uh, I don't, you know, when I, I don't know that the Hardys ever made huge money in the very beginning. They made great money overall, right? But I don't think they had a huge downside guarantee. I mean, if we're, if we're back in that, uh, $300 a week thing, that would have been irrelevant because if I have them booked, you know, they're going to make more than. 300 bucks a day, right? Unless we just die at the box office, which is not the plan. So, uh, I have a, I had a emotional investment in all those guys. I hired the Dudleys who had, you know, they were interesting to work with. Uh, Bubba was really, Bubba's got a great booking mind. And so between he edge and Christian, uh, especially Matt Hardy. And Jeff, to a little lesser degree, all had ideas. They had seen this match that was booked in their heads for years. And in the last several months, it intensified amazingly. So now they find themselves in an an environment where they can make or break their career because they're going to be taking some hellacious chances that are not layups to pull off. And the last thing you want is a bunch of blotched spots. So, uh, and they didn't have any, that was the damnedest thing I think I'd ever seen. I don't know if I've seen, I don't think I've ever enjoyed calling a match any more than that one, because as these guys are finally getting a chance, they've been, you know, they've been paying their dues. They've been, been good soldiers. They worked their tails off. And, and they contributed to the success of that TLC, all the TLC matches. But again, you got guys in those two groups that 
potentially just for, if nothing else, they're idea guys in a booking office, but they're all good. So I, that's why I expect that when we finally get to, uh, Christian and Adam Copeland, which we will, it's inevitable, right? Yep. Somewhere down the road, it's going to happen. It may be six months, maybe a year. I don't know, but when it happens, you expect greatness and nothing else will do. Nothing else will be accepted. So, uh, it, it, those two guys putting a match together is, uh, something I'm sure it's going to be a sight, sight to see. Well, listen, it's a ladder stipulation. This is, uh, the TLC before 2001, this is WrestleMania 2000. It's just called a ladders match, but you might as well call it a TLC because there are, uh, chairs and, uh, and ladders involved and tables. Oh my. Uh, but yeah. we get so many crazy moments from Jeff Swanton to the final spot where Matt has flipped through a table. Uh, it's edge and Christian standing victorious as the new heel tag team champions. And that makes them made men. I mean, their career really takes off. And from my perspective, WrestleMania 2000 is largely well-remembered because of that match. Uh, we did have Mick Foley coming back and Vince turning on the rock, but that whole McMahon and every corner thing, I think this match really steals the show. And around this same time. You know, this is where we're, we're transitioning. As you may recall in the fall of 99 is when Russo has sort of jumped ship, if you will. And he's now with WCW and here comes a new character. Who's going to rise to prominence behind the scene, Brian Gerwitz, uh, or as, uh, Michael Hayes would call him he words. Can you dig it? Dig it sucker. Dig it, sucker. Hey, all you wrestling fans out there. It's two time hall of famer Booker T and guess what? The Hall of Fame podcast is now laying it down on podcast heat. Yeah, book. Make sure everybody checks out this week our interview with the Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time, Trish Stratus, and five minutes of fame with former NXT Women's Champion Roxanne Perez. So tune in every Friday to the Hall of Fame podcast with Booker T and Brad Gilmore right here on Podcast Heat. Now, can you take that, sucker? Uh, Edge and Christian are about to find their niche as being the goofy comedy guys with big sunglasses and five second poses and reeking of awesomeness. And it's really cool to see their progression from this brooding dark act who doesn't even have an opportunity to talk to now they're making us laugh. And here comes Kurt angle is going to be a major part of this duo. And they're actually going to become team ECK or team Eck and uh real highlight moments throughout the rest of the year of 2000. We're going to pick up, uh, where we left off and talk more about Adam Copeland in the future. We could be here for hours and hours and hours talking about him, but the idea that he's now all elite and in the ring, yep. recognizing you and working with Christian, who I think everybody is sort of universally saying is doing arguably the best work of his career right now. He's a hell, he's a, he's a hell of a heel right now, Conrad. Yes. There's nobody in pro wrestling that has garnered the angst, uh, and developed the, uh, antagonist image feel every time you see him, you want to slap him. Yes. Type type thing. He's a, a phenomenal heel. And, uh, that's just going to make it that much easier for, for he and, uh, Adam Copeland to have uh, a, a historically classic match when the time is right. 
I'm excited to see it. I can't wait to see what Adam Copeland can do now that he can sort of color outside the lines. I mean, uh, we we've certainly got to know quote unquote edge in WWE, but to see him with a whole new platform, a whole new cast of characters, a whole new presentation, it's going to be a lot of fun next week. We're going to be talking about judgment day, 1998, uh, 25 years ago, we were at the Rosemont horizon. Steve Austin is going to be there of course. And. We'll talk about how we got there, including the night Austin drove the Zamboni into the arena. We'll see Austin in the hotel room with Vince and a bedpan. We got Mr. Sacco and Yerple, Yerple making their debut. The Rock leaving the nation. A lot to talk about next week. You get all these shows early and ad free over on adfreeshows.com. I want to thank everybody who hung out with us today uh, for our live watch along because we had a live studio audience today, like Lucas and Coach Rosie and Coach Keith and. Uh, Dylan they get concessions, and, they get something to eat. Peanuts, yeah. That's nothing. When they know what to do, they go to jrsbbq.com. But before we do that, <laughs> uh, I want to mention that, uh, over at ad free shows, not only do you get to do live podcasts with JR and do watch alongs and ask him Q and A's and all that sort of stuff, you get it with all of our other hosts, but some great bonus content too. And Jim recently we debuted a brand new show featuring the total package Lex Luger. We call it Lex expressed. And, uh, we talk about the night he debuted on nitro, uh, right after working a couple of shows with WWE, it was the first shot across the bow in the Monday night wars. And I've yeah. got a clip of that, that I want to show you right now. So when I walked out because of my close relationship, I always had with Vince lit, I guess Vince was very hurt which if I could do over nowadays, I probably wouldn't have done it that way. Right. Um, I would think, but I heard that Linda talked to him and said, if you ever bring him back in here, mm. because she loves her husband, she was being, it was like a protective moment. Like, don't you ever bring that man back in here? Cause Vince, I guess it was, it was jaw dropping. Check it out. We've got the full episode. We cover a lot of ground and, and that gap in the middle of the screen there. If you're watching over on grilling Jr on youtube.com, that's because you get to appear on camera and ask Lex some questions. You guys have a conversation and you get to pick his brain. We talked about bruiser Brody wearing the intercontinental title or wearing the world title rather, uh, just for fun at a television taping with Vince, uh, how he felt about SummerSlam 93, how it may be applied to Cody. Uh, and so much more, but not just that. You can also get the hacksaw hour with Jim Duggan Tuesdays with the taskmaster making the town with blue Meanie, the book with David Crockett and so much more bonus content, both audio and video all available now at adfreeshows.com. By the way, if you would like to advertise your business to men 25 to 54, man, I can't think of a better place than right here. Find I'm waiting off. on you. I'm yeah. waiting on you. And I'd love to read your copy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Advertise with jr.com is how we can make it happen next week. Again, we're going to be talking about, um, judgment day, 1998. Love to have your questions. You can ask them right now at jr grilling on Twitter and Instagram or grilling jr over on Facebook. The cheapest, easiest, best way to support the show is to check out our YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's grilling jr on youtube.com. We've got lots of fun swag and merch available right now too at grilling but man, my favorite, that all purpose seasoning, only one place to get it is jrsbbq.com. You know what, Conrad, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've, my dieting and my meal prep is very mundane, 
uh, I use a lot of, uh, what is that company? Uh, Uber eats. Yes. But when I cook, even when I order something out, I use the all purpose seasoning. So I got something very simple the other day. I, one of my favorite little to go meals, chicken thighs, coleslaw, uh, and mac and cheese mm. from KFC. That's my little redneck. What do you want to eat? Oh, I don't care. I'm talking to myself. Let's go order, do this. And I get that seasoning out, man. It turns it to something different. It makes it so much better than, than the, than the delivery, uh, is. So it's, uh, and, and the other day I got some, uh, Chinese or Japanese, uh, food from, uh, Publix. Yeah. I'm a redneck man. And I used, uh, JR's red ass hot sauce on, oh. on that. And it made a, it made a dish that was prepared in a grocery store. I brought it home, microwaved it, warmed it up nice, nicely, and then put some, uh, uh, JR's red ass hot sauce on it. It killed it. It was awesome. So, uh, there's a lot of creative ways you can use these products. And if you got any, you can tweet them to us. We'd like to hear, know, or eat Facebook us or whatever. It's just fun to know what, how people use this stuff. Like my granddaughters figured out it's great on popcorn. Yeah, it is. Okay. There you are. So, uh, we're, tr we're doing our best to, uh, get the orders out. You know, we got a lot of business is good right now, but that's no excuse. We're going to get the, your stuff. If your stuff is not, uh, on time in your world, cause I can't speak for the shipper. Right. Uh, uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, just check it out Order. we're, we're open all the time. We're never closed. And if you have an issue. Some of you are not, uh, sh uh, shy about going on the main Twitter feed to tell everybody your order's not there yet. <laughs> God dang. Can't win for losing, buddy. Well, listen, let me just say this customer service is priority. I know your guy over there at jrsbbq.com. Mr. Link's going to hook you up. And I will say this, like vanilla ice famously said, if you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Uh, just hit up customer service at jrsbbq.com. And be sure to check out Jr. this Saturday night, man. He's the voice of wrestling by God. Why don't you turn on TBS? Why don't you turn on TNT every time AEW is there, but especially on Saturday night, it's collision. You know what that means? It's time for the voice of wrestling to host us. Tickets are still available. AEWTIX.com. Uh, you guys are uh, taking a lot of chances, rolling a lot of dice, trying a lot of things creatively. I can't wait to see some of this stuff come to a head. And I know you'll be right there in the thick of things. Yeah. A lot of new champions, Conrad, that yeah. was a big night on Tuesday, uh, there near Kansas city. Uh, I thought it was a hell of a show. I really did. I enjoyed every, I watched, uh, well, what did you watch? I watched all of, 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 uh, dynamite start to finish. And then after that, I looked around uh, online for highlights of the other show. And, uh, so that was kind of my night. Uh, and I was, by the time it was bedtime, I was ready. I watched a lot of wrestling. So I was done and I had a big doctor's appointment earlier in the day, which is always fun. So, uh, anyway, but the, life is good, buddy. Life is good. Appreciate everybody tuning in as well. I was going to tell you, oh, 
I want to congratulate Tony Schiavone for going into the uh, Hall of Fame there in Waterloo. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy for Tony. We're very much deserved. He's paid his dues ten times over. Yes, and and I love working with him. Uh, you know, we still have great chemistry. Uh, if it was just the two of us, I shudder to think how good it could be. Uh, but it's not. So we make do. But uh, that's I'm really happy for him, and I I know that many of us will start working on him now to make sure that he's he's there. And we and I talked about that before we started recording. He needs to be there. He'll be, be there. Acknowledged. He'll be, be there. Good. I'm going to get the whole Shivani clan there. We're going to make sure all of our listeners are there too. We're going to get you all the information. And as a matter of fact, you know what? Uh, as we close today's show, we'll have our crack producer, Dave Silva, go ahead and throw in that Tony Shivani hall of fame announcement at the very end, because, uh, the, the award is called the Gordon Soli award. He was the first recipient. You're the second. I'm the third. And now Tony Shivani is the fourth. And as I say in Alabama, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. All these fat guys in the hall of fame. That's the, so what do you got to take to be a good announcer? I, I don't know. Bulk up. Yeah. <laughs> Belly up to the table. Don't put down the fork and run that mouth a little too much, but, uh, <laughs> listen to Jr. do what he does best this Saturday night on collision. And, uh, oh, by the way, it's an early start time. Uh, so change your uh, DVRs. If that's what you're doing, if you're footballing, uh, it starts at six o'clock central my time. So make sure you make that adjustment. Uh, but even better, just go see them in person. Say what's up to yeah, Rafael no. Morphy and the whole crew there at awtix.com. Toledo. I'm flying to Detroit and driving to Toledo makes common sense. It's an hour away. So that at least lets me just take two flights this weekend to Detroit and from Detroit done. So it's going to be a good week. And, and, you know, I was, I was looking at the card or a part of the card, uh, and based on what happened on, uh, AEW this week, earlier this week, this is going to be a hell of a show. Yeah, it is. There's, I love the fact that we're providing industrial strength wrestling. That show on Tuesday night was a strong, a pro wrestling show. It kept my attention and I got a short attention span. Let me tell you. So it was, uh. Great piece of work by everybody involved, quite frankly. Check it out. It's awtix.com and it's an hour early this weekend. Check out Collision, where you'll hear the voice of wrestling. And you'll hear him again next week, right here on <laughs> Grilling JR. Thanks, everybody. We really appreciate your business. Thanks for joining us. And whatever you do, go buy some goddamn sauce, will you? JRSBBQ.com. America's Shrine to the Sport of Wrestling, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum, opened in 1976 with a mission to preserve history, recognize excellence, and inspire future generations. And residing within the National Wrestling Hall of Fame is the George Tragos Luthez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, honoring wrestlers with a strong amateur background who've made an impact on professional wrestling. In 2021, the late great Gordon Soley was inducted as the first broadcast into the hall. And as part of that honor, the award was named after him. The Gordon Soley Award is given to individuals who exhibit excellence in the field of wrestling commentary, embodying Soley's commitment to the craft. And this year's recipient with a broadcasting career spanning decades in the wrestling business, a career that continues to this very day. Hi everybody, it's Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone.
From his beginnings in the business 40 years ago, fresh faced backstage at the very first Starcade, to the studio wrestling in Atlanta with Jim Crockett Promotions, a brief stop in New York to call matches with Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body, then back to World Championship Wrestling, where he would become the voice of Monday Nitro, calling the big matches and moments that would shape the Monday Night War, forever linked with many iconic moments in wrestling history. I'm Tony Schiavone, Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. And after all these years, he's back in the business, thanks to the start of a podcast venture with fellow Gordon Soli Award winner Conrad Thompson. Tony Schiavone is back on our TV screens in 2023 as an announcer for All Elite Wrestling. Welcome back, Tony Schiavone, to the broadcast team. Jim, it's a revolution of pro wrestling. What a great time to be a fan. Of it's Steve! Tony Schiavone, I grew up, and your voice was the soundtrack to my childhood. A true legend in the business, Tony Schiavone. Tony, do you ever sit back and just think about how much stuff you've seen and witnessed in professional wrestling? He's been called the voice of our childhood. And today we're proud to call him a Hall of Famer. Inducted into the George Tragos Lou Fez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame as the recipient of the Gordon Soli Award, Tony Schiavone. Hey everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy-low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.